Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. I have got another birth story for you guys. We've got the lovely Chardonnay with us. Chardonnay and I actually met on Peanut. So we had an instant connection and I was working on birth box. So I was kind of looking for mums to share my material with and Chardonnay was up for it. So I was sharing all of my wacky audios with her. And um, I think it helped her prepare for birth. So anyway, Chardonnay, over to you to say hi and introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Chardonnay and Mild is my first child. He is now three months and I'm so excited to share my story with you. Amazing. And um, you're actually, you've got him in your arms. It's so sweet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So happy for you to start wherever you want. You could talk about the prep, just, just share your story over That's to right. you. So just a little intro about my overall story, I would say 36 hours and I breathed through it from start to finish. So much so that the hospital didn't believe I was in labor. I knew my body. I was told by my body, my baby was coming but they didn't believe me because I breathed through it so well. Not having my partner nearby me, Poppy Surge Audio was my labor and my birth companion. So in terms of preparation, um, I did some mindful breathing exercises um, pretty much through the last couple of months through my pregnancy. Generally, I'm quite a mindful person. Um, I have quite a busy lifestyle as a hairstylist. So I always used to listen to audio kind of relaxing audio in between my drives and stuff between my clients I knew that this would be something that would be helpful during my birth in terms of helping me to be relaxed um, so the last three months of my pregnancy I started to listen to kind of breathing exercises etc and thankfully I met Poppy along the way around two months before my birth but also my preparation I used things such as raspberry leaf tea and I had dates from about 37 weeks. I also had a gym ball, which was an absolute godsend to me. And last of all, I used a birth company Freya Surge app, along combined with the surge video and the breathing video from Poppy's birth box. So my actual birth plan was to be at the birth centre. Um, it was booked out at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in London. Um, and it was during... Um, November so it was kind of not the height of COVID but just kind of before the December rush of COVID so it's quite managed at the time I'm glad that during that time just like now it's at its lowest time at all. Um, when terms of space I had planned to have like a dim ambience in my birth room I wanted to give birth just kind of I mean have labour just walking around the room um, and managing my pain through I'm a person who likes to be quite active so I wanted to make sure I'm able to move around the room and be freely. And that was the option for me. Most importantly, I wanted my partner to be there with me. Um, what I did learn is things don't always go to plan. And sometimes you just got to let it be. I was very open minded as to where I was going to have birth. But I did, would, did and wanted to give birth naturally. So in reality, it wasn't like this. I was 38 weeks on the Tuesday, my first day off work. And I had no Braxton Hicks or any other sign um, other than comfortability. Tuesday, 9, 8, 9 p.m., I started having the first contractions. Not sure what it was. I tried to lay down in bed. Nope, that made it totally worse. Um, it was going to be a long night ahead. It was early labor. I just didn't realize it. Every 11 to 14 minutes, I was having contractions. 
so what I did, I kept up for the night. I stayed on the ball, sometimes on the floor and sometimes on the rocking chair, just to get comfortable in any ways I any way I could. 6 a.m., lack of sleep and tiredness, it hit me. And then I called the hospital because I was like, what is happening? To me, it was a new feeling. I wasn't sure of it. And also, I was so, so tired from not having a whole night's sleep. So they asked me to pop in. And as they believed, I may be in labor. That's what they told me on the phone. So me and my partner, we packed our bags um, and we headed over to maternity triage. This was at 7 a.m. in the morning and 9 p.m. the night before is when my contractions first started. Um, on my way in, I was greeted by security guard. They could see the pain I was in. So they gave me a chair. Um, my partner rolled me upstairs. I felt very listened to at the time. When I got upstairs, my partner had to stay outside, unfortunately, and um, I was left to triage all on my own due to just kind of the restrictions in place at the time. I was seen by a lovely nurse. I didn't wait too long. It was quite quiet where it was early in the morning and she did her normal checks. To my surprise, I was only one centimeter dilated. Um, they'd done a usual urine test and just the usual things to tell you where you are. She did say to me that I could be like this for days or weeks. And I looked at her with so much fright um, to think, oh my God, is this is what's gonna happen? Now, my body was telling me something completely differently. What I didn't realize was I was managing my pain so well through the breathing. I didn't actually look like I was in labor. Um, so that was quite strange to me, hearing that, thinking, oh my God, I don't feel like I could be in this state for that long. So um, I took the right advice of the professionals and I asked them for some pain relief and something to help me to sleep. Because all I wanted to do is to make sure I had enough energy to give birth the way I wanted, which was naturally. The only thing that kind of terrified me was not having enough energy or being so tired that I can't push. Um, and from listening to kind of your surge videos and stuff, I realized that when the contractions get closer, it can take a lot of your energy up. So it, mentally, I was trying to prepare more so for that moment when it does come. So when she did say to me, you know, hours or days, I was just like, how am I supposed to reserve all this energy um, for that kind of period of time? And saying it's going to be weeks or days it just kind of frightened me. So anyway, I, I went home, I tried to sleep. I kind of had like 10 to 20 minutes of intervals of sleep between contractions and just tried to make myself very, very, very comfortable. During this time, I started to use the birth company Freya app and I had you in my headphones using the original birth, uh, the breathing video, not the fast surges, but the original one I'd sent. I'm sure you'll share the link with them, um, share them how they can and it was fantastic it's funny that because as I kept listening to it it kind of stayed in my head and became like a memorable audio wow. so when I was walking around or trying to get something to eat I could still kind of use that rotation is this the immersive one the kind of oh, like that one. kind of oh, you one. thick oh, I yeah. love it that's amazing it's crazy because I still go in through different parts of my house I take my take, go back to that day sometimes. And I'm like, this was happening there, holding on to the kitchen side. Every time I'd get a contraction, I'd just stop what I'm doing and just really breathe through it. There was times when it was quite intense and I was just a bit like, oh, you know, 
and some of them were longer and shorter. So I realized actually contractions can be longer than what they say and they can literally pop up as and when. And looking back at the search app, I really noticed how kind of it had a mind of its own. Um, and there were times where I was having like three in 10 minutes, even though I wasn't in active labor. Wow. Um, so I was, yeah, I was quite glad I was open-minded about what was to come. That's it, man. And, and that just shows like you, we can't fit. We, we're not, we're not textbook. We're all different. You know, there's this idea of like stages of labor and this has, this is how long a contraction is going to be. And it's like, well, no, like our bodies are all unique. But yeah, sorry, carry on. This is amazing. No, that's fact. It was absolutely crazy story. And I remember actually, funny enough, I must stop there two, three days after my birth. I remember giving you a call and just so excited to share your experience with me. And I think the main thing was is out of choice, I, I couldn't have my partner there with me during the active stages of labor. So, you know, it's nice to have something that can relate to the feeling you're going through. And that is exactly what your audio managed to do for me. Um, as opposed to having someone rubbing my back and, you know, and kind of Incredible. keeping me there. That kind of done that for me mentally, which was oh, amazing. Wow. Um, and it just goes to show the power of audio and yes. listening to something that can share a feeling with you can be so powerful. Absolutely. So um, then on, um, I carried on kind of having my headphones with me everywhere I went. It was fantastic. And nowadays you can have, you know, wireless headphones. So that was a fab thing for me to have. So um, I was having, I said, 20 minutes of intervals of sleep in between. Um, and that evening, that Wednesday, they started getting closer together. I was just still so exhausted, lack of sleep, and wanting pain relief, as opposed to paracetamols, which is what they were telling me to take. But for me, it wasn't doing anything at all. So I was just like, there is no point. You know, it's not doing anything. So for me... As I wanted to reserve my energy, I spoke to my midwife over the phone at home and kind of got her advice. Um, I was under a specific team, um, under the mental health as well. And one of the things in my birth plan was that if I can't um, manage them for me to be supported in that. Unfortunately, my birth plan didn't get onto my notes in time. But when I actually went into, um, uh, when I started labor, it actually went into the system two days after. So they wasn't able to be aware and I had to be my own voice as to what I, was, uh, what I wanted. And, you know, with the havoc of things being a bit of short, short stuff and stuff, um, you had to make sure that you're very vocal with what you needed or what you expected. Um, and what I would have done, the only thing I would have done that was different, it's kind of been a little bit more vocal in a sense of how I was feeling as opposed to letting them present by what they was looking at, which is a girl that's just, you know, going through some pain and she's not in that much, you know, kind of extent. So um, with that, I went and called up the triage again. They told me to go in again. And this was about six or seven o'clock in the evening. Um, when I got there, I was actually seen by the very same lady in the morning. Um, and she seemed a bit upset to see me. Um, and I explained to her, you know, I'm under the mental health um, programme. I'm a bit of an anxious person and my birth plan was that if I'm struggling for me to be supported with the pain so I keep the energy going it could only be vocally said to her as opposed to her to look at my notes and to prove that um and at the same time I was given the news that the birth center is closed and I can't actually do to being short-staffed so they kept me in triage now due to this restriction at the time 
um, no one can be allowed in triage apart from me, myself, or the pregnant person. So this whole time, my partner had to stand outside and just wait, um, not knowing what was going on. And at times, that time in the evening was very, very busy. Um, I came very, very distressed. Um, I remember her saying to me, you know, you're going to be like this for weeks or days. You're still only one centimetre dilated. So from 7 a.m. in the morning to being checked at 7 p.m. in the morning, I was still only one centimetre dilated. And I was just like, no, my body is telling me something different. Like, I know my body. It just, you know, it's, even though I've never experienced it, I had no Braxton Hicks. For me, I'm just like, no, like, you know, I could feel it getting kind of worse or more intense. But at the same time, it became easy to manage because I knew what to expect kind of thing so I was like okay another one's going to come very shortly I know what to do just breathe um what I did do is I went back out to my partner and I was like they're sending me home again they don't believe that I'm in labor and so he just looked at me very disappointedly because he's not around the nurses staff they don't know what they're saying to me and I'm kind of in pain every 10 minutes I'm having contractions at this point and we're about to leave and I'm like stop having another contraction so I'm standing outside the maternity ward and I'm just like breathing and you can see me breathing through it and at that point was like I'm having enough I want a second opinion so actually I'm so glad because one of the things I really found kind of just generally as a person is never really had a voice I was always you know given the answers and stuff and for me, I've done a lot of therapy personally in terms of being able to ask for what I want and just being open. And this is one of the things we spoke about in terms of my mental health, my birth plan is tell them, be vocal and make sure no one's making choices for you. So I was like, right, I want a second opinion. You know, this is not what I want. And I went and sat inside. Um, I, they were very disappointed to see me again in 10 minutes. And I was like, you know, I want to see someone else, like, you know, um, I want a second opinion. And unfortunately, I couldn't get a second opinion. There was no one else to give it to me. And, you know, I should have stayed, I should have asked, you know, and should have been a bit more firm. Unfortunately, at that point, it wasn't in my control. But everything happens for a reason. So we just, you know, we just got our staff, went back home for another time. And at this point, it's about seven, eight o'clock in the evening. As soon as I get home, my body goes into overdrive. I'm a person, when I'm going through intense pain, my body can't handle it very well. I've only experienced this once, whereas the year before, I actually had a miscarriage. And instead of going for DNC, it happened, started going into natural two days before. And when I'm in intense pain, I start to be sick violently. I start sweating. And I start shaking for some reason, got home, and that's what started happening to me. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm listening to my body. My body is telling me, and what I'm saying is correct. So in the end, my partner called an ambulance. Uh, they came, and actually, my surges were getting closer together. I was having three every three minutes. And with not having pain relief, it was just so, so intense. And I was so exhausted. And by this time, it'd been coming up to uh, more than, uh, maybe about 30 hours of no sleep. And obviously where I was being sick, I had no energy. It was absolutely just starting to get in, a bit distressed for me. Um, so ambulance were fab. They checked me over and stuff. They timed my surges. 
And amongst the height of COVID, they came very, very quickly. They understood the pain I was in. They gave me gas and air. Oh my God, never had gas on air before. And it was really, really helpful um, in the sense of when I'm going through the surges, you know, gas and air. Yes, I love the gas and air. And then as soon as I got to triage, they took the gas and air off me. And all of a sudden, the intensity of pain and also the care I had for the two men, um, the ambulance men were fab. They really looked after me. They couldn't believe I'd been sent home twice. And obviously, being through being through the sickness and everything, they took so much good care of me. So anyway, all was going through my mind is, I hope the same lady's not there that I saw this morning. Luckily, it's been staff turnover. And when I got there, this lovely, lovely like midwife, she, she, she got me over to the bed and stuff. They did their usual checks. And I think by this time, I must have only been like three or four centimetres dilated. So they still wasn't sure. And at that time when I went in, there was a woman who got taken in at 7 a.m. in the morning during my first visit. And she was still there having the same contractions that I was having. And I'm kind of like, but I'm still here. Like, And I've gone backwards and forwards, but she's been checked in. So it was kind of like... It was her and me, we was going backwards and forwards having contractions. It was quite strange. It was quite quiet at the time as well. About 10 o'clock in the evening it was. Um, they gave me some sickness um, injections um, and just gave me loads of fuel and fluid. I remember being annoying. I kept asking her, can you open the window? Can you close the window? Can you open the window? Can you close it? Because it was winter time. I was getting very, very hot and then very, very cold. Uh, but she was absolutely lovely um she just you know kept giving me water and just keeping me comfortable but still I had this feeling that they still didn't believe I was in labor so anyway it looked after me very very well but I also remember hearing that labor was labor wood was quite busy at the time and stuff um so about 1 30 in the morning so 10 to 1 30 I'm still listening to your audio my partner's gone home by now I've been there for what, three hours, maybe. I'm just getting up, sitting down, getting up. I remember when they wanted to put the monitors on me to check the baby. Um, I also didn't find out the sex of the baby, so I didn't know what I was having. Uh, and I remember laying down and the kind of back labour was not for me. I wanted to be on my feet. So I just said to them, you know, can we check the baby's okay? Keep it on for as short time as we need. And let me move around. One minute I'm on the bed, one minute I'm off the bed. And at this point, I became very, very vocal as to what I want. And I'm so proud of myself to be able to do that. I realised that they're so busy that you need to just kind of let them know where you're at and what's happening. Um, so they continued with that. And about 1.30, finally, they decided to take me up to labour ward. I had one of those COVID tests and stuff. And it was like, we're going to take you upstairs. So finally, they took me up to labour ward and I'm thinking, yes, you know, like I'm going to be settled in a place I can get more care and stuff. But it was one for in the morning. And for some reason, it was very, very quiet in there. Um, I was in a room with four people. Um, some of them had babies. Um, some of them were pregnant. Um, but everyone seemed to have like someone with them. I was so, so exhausted by then. I didn't have a voice to say, you know, can someone call my partner? Can my partner come? So I literally just carried on kind of going through um, the surges and stuff, breathing through it, getting up, get down. They told me to carry on um, kind of timing them with my timer, with my Freya Surge app. 
and I could see it was every five minutes I was having contractions. So every five minutes I would lay down in bed, <laughs> go to sleep and have wake up, literally jump out of bed from a contraction. But to me, those five minute intervals felt like 10 minutes of sleep because I was so, so exhausted. Just so much water kind of just, you know, very dehydrated. Um, and they gave me pethidine, finally. This is about 140. I was just like, yes, just give it to me and stuff. Um, so they gave me pethidine, kind of helped a little bit, kind of. But I felt like it kind of wore off very, very quickly. For me, it felt like a very long time considering this was Thursday early hours of the morning, um, maybe like one, uh, two, three o'clock in the morning. And I've been in contractions since Tuesday, 9 p.m. Um, so it was a very long time for me. And still, you know, they didn't kind of come and check and stuff and see I'm okay. They kind of just let you, told you to let them know if you need anything. Um, and yet again, I still had your, at this point, I remember putting in the fast surge. So when active labor um, recording in there, in my ears to listen to, because it was very, very intense. Um, and just breathing through it, but somewhat trying to be a bit quiet because it felt so quiet in the world. I felt like I've just come in there and I'm just very, very loud. But I think you get to a point where you just, you just don't care. When you've got a contraction, you just breathe through it. You have to scream sometimes. There was loads of vocal noises and just kind of like, ah, um, you know, and just kind of sometimes I found being vocal with a contraction made it feel lighter on the pain. And I wasn't afraid to do that. As the contractions got more intense, that's what I started to do. I started to get a feeling instead of like a, how instead of like a stretching feeling, I started getting like a deeper feeling, like more of a pushing down feeling. Mm. And that's when I thought, okay, something different is happening. To be honest, from about two o'clock to about 7 a.m., I don't remember it. I had the same kind of routine, contraction, sleep, contraction, sleep. Somehow on my iWatch, I managed to record all the surges. And about 7 a.m., I've got wet. Like I woke up and like my trousers are wet, the bed's wet. And I'm like, what's happened? And I didn't have water, didn't break, but I had leaking water. And at some point, I've also wet myself. And she was like, no, you know, that's not you. You haven't broke waters or anything. And I was like, yes, it must be, you know, due to contractions. And I really wanted them to say to me, you know, water's broken or inactive labor, because that's what my body was telling me. So we carried on for another hour or so. And about 8.45, I want to push. All of a sudden, I've had no more pain relief. I've got this sudden urge to push. And at the hospital, they're doing staff turnover. So nobody's around. Everyone's just kind of waking up and stuff. And I'm screaming, oh, I want to push. I press the buzzer and nobody's coming. So I thought, right, let me be loud so someone around me can hear me and grab someone. And I'm like, I want to push. Um, can somebody help me? Like, can someone get some? And this lovely lady come over to me. She's like, you need to stop. You need to breathe. You cannot push. I looked at her and I was like, what do you mean I can't push? She was like, we need to take you to the delivery seat. You can't push here. I'm all of a sudden thinking, oh my God, like I'm on my own. My partner's not here. So I'm stressed about that. And then she's telling me I can't push. So she was just kind of like, breathe. So she'd done the same thing that you already told me to do on the video that helped me through it. So I just somehow breathe. But before this, maybe about 20 minutes before, I spoke to my partner. I told him to make his way to the hospital. 
luckily we were only like five ten minutes away from the hospital but it was early morning traffic too so my partner's on his way I'm on the phone to him and they're taking me upstairs um to uh like the delivery suite and every time I have an urge to push they're like no breathe 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 with no pain relief still <laughs> and the testing wore off like longer ago so um they've given me they've told me like room 21 and my, my partner's room 21 and they're like no that's this is the other method going through the ward being on the bed going through the kitchen trying to like tell my partner where I'm going and then last minute they changed it to room number eight and there I am my partner seen me in the corridor and all of a sudden we're in the room and they're like, right, you need to go from this bed to that bed. I was aware of how I wanted to give birth naturally, but not in what position and stuff. I didn't plan that. But just in my head, I just got on all fours. I literally had like the bed rest and my hands over it. And I was just like, this is how I want to be. And I remember seeing like the tools and stuff. And it kind of felt like, oh, my God, I'm so exhausted at this point. It's Thursday. 9am in the morning and it's been well over kind of 36 hours of labour and they've given me gas and air but I'm screaming through the gas and air so I'm losing my voice I'm that kind of mindfulness disappeared for a moment and they were aware of how I was upstairs breathing through the contractions so they took the gas and air off me grabbed my partner's hand through every contraction and literally they allowed me to start to push and this was from about 8.50 and about 9.15, Miles was born. With no gas in it or anything through that same kind of mindful breathing. Um, but what I didn't do is force my body to do something it didn't want to. I was very open that I may not have to be able to give birth naturally. I'm so exhausted. For mindfully, I prepared that, you know what, I don't know, don't know how this is going to go. I'm going to let it be. Um, but just kind of being so free, I let my body take over. And my body did all the work. I just listened to it and kind of mentally <laughs> read through it. And um, yeah, it was absolutely like amazing experience. But also at the same time, it was quite, I was quite nervous as to what was going to happen. Um, so yeah, I just kind of listened to my body a little bit more than doctors, because I believe you know your body better than anyone else does. And if you listen to your body, it will tell you exactly what you need to know. And I just remember, you know, thinking there was like, you know, push now. And I'm like, no, I don't want to push through this contraction. I was like, I'll push for the next one. So I was taking control of my birth, regardless of what they were saying. And so good. I was very, very, and, you know, it was very amazing that, you know, you know how much strength you have in your contraction when you're in active labour. And you know how far you can go. So, you know, there was times where I had to stop pushing and there was times when I kept going. For me, it, it felt like a lot longer um, than what it was. And um, apparently it wasn't, you know, as long. I would say the labour was more intense than the actual birth process. And even then, so, you know, I prepared for everything. I was like up and everything. But they cleaned me up and it was like, amazed as to was there was no stitches or anything like that even though I prepared to expect that um and you know that was I don't I don't know whether that was due to pelvic flooring or just due to you know raspberry leaf tea 
and dates and stuff just to kind of soften the cervix and helped. It really was an amazing experience in the end. Um, for all of the kind of hiccups and down bits I had, I was like, this is meant to be. And um, Miles was born, six pound one, um, at uh, 38 and three days. Um, wow. And he was absolutely amazing. He had a little boy. I remember just after giving birth, I was so exhausted. Um, I actually, my partner filmed it. I didn't see the birth film till two days after because I wasn't aware that he actually filmed it. And this is when I called you up. I yeah, messaged yeah. you. Yeah. Because I'd actually, watching the birth story reminded me of what I went through. If I didn't have my birth video, I don't think I would have been able to process what I went through in the same way just because of how exhausted mm. I was. Mm. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, your, your audio became my birth companion and my labour companion in that sense is when I was pushing I was still using the same thing and it's weird every now and again I see certain areas and stuff and it's like I remember the process I went through so for me if there was anything I was to change or do differently I would listen to the audio more sooner in Mm. my pregnancy because it's weird if you listen to audio x amount of times it became something that you could store in your head like mm. a song mm. and like a mantra exactly you can kind of channel it through um but yeah that's my birth story and uh i didn't expect it to go like that but it just goes to show is your body does all the talking and everyone has a different experience your birth plan doesn't always go to what it is yeah and you know i also understand that I am one of the you know one of the lucky ones in a sense of you know my birth being the way it did um but you know I think it's important to be open-minded because I didn't expect it to go that way either so I'm very very grateful for that but it just goes to show that you can have a mindful birth that's amazing what a story what a like mammoth marathon labor oh incredible I'm so impressed by you and um, I just I love that story I loved what you said about when you were pushing and you knew when to push and they were saying you know push and you're like well no not that contraction the next one and I think that is amazing and I personally talk a lot about the pushing stage because there's this misunderstanding that you know you 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 get to 10 10 10 centimeters and you push and and that's that and actually we're all different sometimes you might want to break Sometimes you might want to push on one contraction and then rest on three, you know, only, you know, and I think what you've demonstrated through your story is just how in tune you were with your body. And also what, what was so amazing to hear is how much you, you advocate for yourself and you ask for what you want. And um, that's like a really positive message to send to, to people listening as well. Definitely. What, what would you say to people listening who are very anxious about birth? What would you say to them? So coming from, I'm a very anxious person. I was an anxious child. Um, I'm 32 years old now. And just for me, my pregnancy, I used it as a time for me to get to know me on a deeper level. Um, I have had a lot of therapy over the time and stuff, just kind of, you know, being able to slow down because the job I've always had is a fast-paced life. But all I can say is in pregnancy, if there's even five minutes, you know, whatever lifestyle you live, 
if you can take five minutes out a day to just either sit there quietly or listen to some music, anything calming, or even, you know, just sitting there, rubbing your belly, singing a song, anything you can do that's going to bring you back to one will really, really help you to just focus on your body and, you know, and just become your own best friend when you're pregnant. Um, for me, I'm a very independent person and, you know, you've got to do what you would advise your pregnant friend to do for yourself. Because the best advice you can give is the advice you give yourself. No matter what the professionals say and the doctors say, midwife, yes, they have, you know, ample amount. But you know exactly what to advise your body is the same advice you would give to your friend. So sometimes you just got to put yourself on the other side of it. What would you tell your friend and tell yourself that? And do just that. That's a lovely one. I really love that. That's brilliant. And also, I think like birth is such a instinctive, you know, uh, activity, basically. Physiological birth is very, you know, you tune into your body, you listen, you go with those surges. And actually what, what you're saying is like, you know, during pregnancy, you can kind of tune in a little bit, spend time with yourself and and like listen to your body as well. Like when it needs rest, rest, when you're hungry, eat. And it kind of like is kind of paving the path for your birth through going back to yourself and your instincts and your intuition. 100%. I mean, I actually worked as a hairdresser. I worked up quite late into my pregnancy. I'd only stopped that Tuesday. It was the first day off I had off work, which I actually went into labour, funny enough. Um, but, you know, amongst whatever lifestyle you have or whoever you're around, um, you know, do what you, if you're hungry, stop and eat. You know, in the same way, if you feel sick, you're going to stop and be sick or, you know, you're going to stop from the nausea. Um, and that was exactly me, even during my pregnancy, being so anxious because, you know, the pressure of COVID and people having to work nowadays, I was under a lot of different stress, i.e. financially and stuff. I've always been quite independent. And for me, there was days I'd wake up and just be like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? I feel really sick. I need to go to work. I need to pay the bills. I've got a baby coming on the way. And all I'm going to say is don't get overwhelmed. Don't get whenever you feel like that. Take a minute. And be like, I've got this. Take the control. You can control it. Um, I let the, I didn't let the pregnancy control me in a sense of, um, you know, in a sense of kind of, oh, I'm pregnant and I'm going to do what everyone else says. I kind of just listened. What do I need now? Let me feed it. Feed it what you need. And kind of the more you, the more earlier you start doing that, the more easier it becomes. And a lot of people said I didn't walk around like a pregnant person, even though I felt like I was waddling and stuff. Um, and also it helps you to kind of bounce back on the postpartum side too. Because, you know, having a baby, for me, Miles being my first, it's absolutely changed my life. But I can be at one, I can sit with Miles and do nothing for hours on end. Whereas before this, I couldn't do that. Um, I would always be go, go, go and kind of flinching my fingers, being an anxious person. And that kind of helped me on this side of being able to stop and do nothing and made me realise how important it is, is for you to have you time. And during pregnancy, it's even more important to have you and baby time while baby's inside you. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at you with your baby now. It's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean when you just totally connect in with them and there's like, there's nowhere else to be as well, because also like what I like to talk about 
and I've spoken about this in my previous podcast is like your baby is in a, almost a different time zone to everyone else. Baby's not got to go anywhere. Baby hasn't got memories of past and future. You know, they're not caught up in that time warp of going places and needing to mentally get to somewhere. They're just they're just here in the most like amazing way. So it gives you that chance to zone in and, and be there with them and be mindful in the moment which is what you are right now with, with your baby breastfeeding. It's so cool. <laughs> so, so what does your, what does your partner think of you? Well, <laughs> it's interesting because my partner was there from the, my birth and I'm so, so grateful because for me being through all the labor pretty much on my own, when I needed him there, he was there. But it was very different kind of perspectives in the sense of, it would have been nice for him to see what I went through because everyone's experience is different. Um, and it kind of, for me, I felt like I was in a bubble on my own in that sense. And, you know, a lot of women went through that during COVID and gratefully, you know, things have started to return back to normal and, you know, you can have them there, etc. I think the most important thing I would say is after you have birth, talk about it. Um, if you don't talk about it, Sometimes, like, for me, the part of not being heard can very easily become a trauma to me. You know, I have mental, I have previous mental, I'm under mental health, and I'm still under the perinatal mental health team now. You know, if you need support, it's there, you've just got to ask. And for me, the most important thing was, is talking about my birth. And for the first kind of month or so after giving birth, I became very quiet and stopped asking for what I need stemming from kind of not being heard the couple of times that I went to hospital and kind of being dismissed for what I was feeling because I wasn't able to be vocal enough and from that experience it's actually made me stronger because when I kind of connected that to the anxiety I was having or not being able to speak it really gave me an understanding of why I was feeling like that post-birth so for me I would say it's really really important whether it's your your partner, your friend, your family, a professional, talk about your birth experience because it's life-changing, not just kind of physically, uh, but mentally too. And the more you talk about it, you know, it becomes a different experience. It can, whatever experience it can, it can be turned into a positive experience because you're sharing that with someone. And, you know, and this is what I wanted to do, is share my experience with others because it can inspire someone it can help someone it can improve someone else's confidence and if I can do it as a person who's never been kind of vocal and always kind of been quite quiet then you know you can do it tell them what you want if you can't do it whisper it to your partner tell someone call someone up my midwife tried to call up the hospital on my behalf and say you know why are you sending her home um, and stuff so you know just be very open and um don't shy away from sharing experience, however the experience went. Amazing. I totally agree with you. And it's just that, you know, it's kind of therapeutic to speak about your birth, regardless of what, what happened. I totally agree. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. So where can people find you if they want to follow you or if they want to message you? Well, I have an Instagram. So it is private, but I'm very happy to connect. Um, so I do, I've written on there all my life through kind of healing and just kind of very motivational kind of framework. It's all very authentic. It's come from me directly. Um, and it's Solsha, which is S-O-U-L-C-H-A-R. 
and you can find me on Instagram. Um, and I'm happy for you to invite you into my page and you know inspire you, motivate you, uplift you, or do you know what? Just give you a piece of kindness or something for you to take away. Lovely. Oh, you're incredible. Thank you so much Thank for you. taking this time out with your beautiful baby. Thank and, you for um, having me. All right. Lots of love. Hi guys, if you're still here, that is amazing. I'm just adding this announcement onto the end to let you guys know that my online hypnobirthing course, Birthbox, is now live. Go and check it out. I've put so much love into this. It's an immersive course that's split up into video and audio content, so really giving you a flexible learning experience. And the content is designed to help you feel better prepared, more informed and confident and excited for birth. So if you want to feel like that, then go and check it out. I've put everything into this. Lots of love, lots of passion. And I really hope that you feel that as you work your way through the course. So uh, go and check it out in the link below and have a lovely day.